Podcast. Let's talk about the weather. Hello and welcome to our latest episode of Oddcast. Let's talk about the weather. Today we want to talk about the Intersolar Trade Show, which just has taken place in Munich. Uh, I have invited three guests uh, that were there and uh, restarted the party, as the organizers said. So we are back to face to face events and our participants today are very lucky that this is possible again. So we have Pauline Ademo, which is our sales director in Europe. Hello, Pauline. Hello there. You are uh, talking from from the Netherlands, right, today? That's correct. Yeah, so we have an international call and the two others are from Germany. This is Udo Kronmüller, our sales engineer. Hello, Udo. Hi, good morning. And we have Tobias Weil, our business development manager for Western Europe. Hi, Tobias. Hi, Martin. Hi, team. So I'm very happy to have you here on this show. Uh, I couldn't attend the Intersolar personally, so I would like to hear first what your impressions were like from this event. Pauline, maybe you can start. Uh, What was your impression being back on a hall with other uh, participants, other exhibitors? Well, first of all, it was good to be back and to uh, have face-to-face meetings with customers. Um, Of course, we spoke about the latest developments in the uh, sector. And I was slightly surprised that customers, uh, or many customers, were not so aware of the IEC guidelines. So these are the guidelines of what sensors uh, you should or could use in uh, a PV park, and depending on the size, there are different advices or guidelines in there. And uh, this IEC standard has been there for some years, and last September, a, a new version came out. And we as a manufacturer, of course, look at those guidelines and uh, try and advise our customers uh, how to fit in best with these guidelines if they wish to follow it. But so- many didn't know that it was uh, changed uh, or what the content really was. So about the changes between new and old, uh, you can find more information on our website. And that was already useful to, to talk with customers and get that feedback. So you are talking about the IEC 61724, right? Long number. Um, exactly. Which describes the um, yeah recommendations to measure solar radiation on your PV park. And uh, the latest update, I will add some information in the description of this episode, is quite useful for people who are building a PV park. And I guess some of them were on that event, right? Udo, what were your impressions? Who were the people there? Well, of course, it it was an open question uh, because we knew um, before the Intersolar started that it's only 50% of the exhibitors. Uh, We had only five halls. When you're looking back on the the big years of the Intersolar, it was almost 16 halls uh, that were occupied just by by this uh, exhibition. And so 
when I had some some conversations with our booth neighbors and with some customers of mine, so what's going to happen in the next three days? Nobody was sure. So it could happen from from a complete disaster in terms of uh, attendees to really a, a, a big show because everybody was waiting for for this show. And uh, luckily, it was the, the second uh, case. So we were really in a, in a rush. And uh, I guess I'm attending the Intersolar now for minimum 10 years. And that was one of these exhibitions where I was really mostly exhausted uh, because uh, uh, on the first two days, uh, you had almost no time uh, to uh, to to get some uh, fresh air, for example. and. Uh, so obviously we we've taken the, the right decision obviously there was really a need uh, in in the market to get some information about uh, innovation and get some some feedback from from other uh, uh, stakeholders in in the market and so it was really a great show and i must say you have missed something here <laughs> yeah that's good to know for the future so next time i will put my name on the attendee list um What were the questions that people asked? I mean, you said that uh, they were rushing on our booth and uh, having conversations nearly all day. So what are the topics that, that are uh, occupying the industry? Yeah, when, when, when I look back on, on the conversations that I had, uh, it uh, was mostly about two topics. Uh, one uh, of it uh, was about our... Uh, sorting as uh, system uh, the, the dust IQ, which is actually not so new, but uh, there is obviously still a lot of interest uh, in the market, and uh, more and more uh, projects uh, are going to be supplied with a system like that uh, to to get an information when uh, is the best point uh, or the, the best time uh, to get your modules cleaned. Um, considering the, the costs of the cleaning process and, and the better performance uh, of the uh, of the modules afterwards. And uh, secondly, of course, it was our big innovation this year, or uh, SMP 12. So this is uh, actually the, the first uh, pyranometer, uh, which is uh, so-called spectrally flat and fast response uh, with internal heating and some other nice features. And so these were basically the, the, the two uh, eye-catchers on, on our booth and uh, uh, yeah, the, the two big uh, topics that uh, we had uh, during our conversations there. Okay, so I see we have two different uh, aspects that I'd like to cover in the next minutes. Uh, let's start with the dust IQ for a listener who doesn't know what that is. Um, to be as you are also uh, working and, and selling those products and um, yeah, supporting the customers in there, what is What is the Dust IQ? What, how can somebody imagine? Yep. Thanks, Martin. Uh, first of all, uh, let me add a bit more background information on, on soiling in, in general. So what we experienced also at Intersolar is that not everyone in our industry is yet uh, aware of the impact uh, that soiling can have. I guess everyone is aware that soiling can have an impact, but not what value. Um, from the, the latest research that has been done on this topic, uh, we know that up to 30% less efficiency can be the result of soiling. 
clearly not a soiling effect. Um, su such a soiling effect cannot happen in, in Europe, where we have uh, much more rain than in desert areas, for example. So this is more a topic than for uh, these huge amounts of less energy are more happening in, in desert areas, uh, for example. But it is clear that soiling has an impact and the industry is on its way to um, get better information on this impact of, of soiling. And so, what we Tobias, can offer... One, one question here. So, soiling in general, that is mainly sand, dust. Um, what else? Could it also be snow in areas where it's snowing? Is it also... I wouldn't say that uh, this is soiling, but also snow for sure has an, yeah. has an impact. And in the latest IEC um, guidelines, also snow is uh, mentioned as some, uh, a value that should be measured. If you uh, assume that there is an impact of uh, le more than 2% less efficiency due to snow. But um, I wouldn't call Dust IQ as the, the best uh, tool to, to measure the impact of snow in that case. For us, it's more sand, uh, dust, um, such soiling events. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but good question. Yeah, right. So, and to come back to your uh, initial question, what is Dust IQ? Dust IQ is a tool that can provide you uh, an estimate of the soiling, so-called soiling ratio, um, the, the dust uh, impact on your uh, performance ratio or on the efficiency of your panel uh, and it works 24-7 without any interaction of, of the user. That is also a, a big differentiator compared to other tools um, to, to assess the soiling level. It, it gets cleaned whenever uh, the panel gets cleaned and it gets soiled whenever the, the panel gets soiled. So it's integrated in the panel surface when you have one that, panel after another and in between you have this dust IQ module that is correct so talking about cleaning um, this question goes out to all of you um, where's things like cleaning robots is that still a topic in the industry yeah let me let me answer that question maybe first um uh, yes, indeed. Cleaning robots is one of the developments uh, that is uh, now, I would say, maturing. There are more cleaning robots, robots without uh, the use of water, with the use of water. Um, and even cleaning robots or, or clean mechanism, which are used in the northern half of Europe, because uh, Tobias quite rightly felt that dust isn't so much a problem in northern Europe because there is a lot of rain. Um, but uh, what could grow on the modules is moss. Uh, so the, the, the green uh, that you can uh, see on some surfaces. And uh, one of the cleaning companies that I spoke with um, explained that uh, with the moss on the panels, the, the panels can actually uh, get overheated on some points and therefore cleaning also in areas where there is no dust but there could be moss or other soiling uh, is important and the moment to clean therefore uh, is is important to, to be known and that is one thing that you could do with the, the dust IQ so that you can use that robot when it is uh, uh, most needed 
And so when there is a lot of soiling and there is no rain events uh, in the near future. So I, yeah, I, I think cleaning is more of a topic and uh, how it can be done is maturing. Yeah, I remember um, a case study with an Arabian cleaning robot manufacturer. Like they were called Nomad and they were using the Dust IQ to verify uh, how well these robots are working. So I can add that uh, link to the case study in the description of this episode. Uh, and if you are interested in cleaning robots, please check uh, this case study out. Um, apart from cleaning, and this is something that Udo mentioned, uh, we had something else uh, on our booth, which is our latest innovation, a pyranometer. So this is, uh, as you know, a device to measure the solar radiation. Uh, so the, the amount of solar energy that reaches the panel. And um, please tell me something about this. Why, why is it still necessary to bring something new to the market with all the pyranometers that we already have? Well, when when you have a look on on the on the two major standards uh, that are uh, important for for our type of applications, and uh, the first one is of course the, the ISO ninety sixty that is uh, basically describing the performance and the accuracy of uh, different types of pyranometers, and the other one uh, that you've already described is the six one seven two four. Uh, we have this uh, new release, and uh, this is, uh, let's say, a standard that is describing, let's say, the uh, the opera operational behavior of uh, big uh, uh, PV uh, utilities. And uh, so we have uh, also some, uh, yeah, uh, quality uh, restriction uh, restrictions uh, within this standard. So we are also similar to the other standard. We are talking about classifications of A, B, and C. And um, depending on, on the location, um, uh, there are some, some efforts uh, to be taken uh, to get uh, a class A uh, operating uh, system for, for bigger utilities. And um, this uh, or one of, of these uh, issues could be, uh, let's say, uh, um, due in the morning um, that uh, could create a, a delayed uh, performance rate of, of the uh, utility. So water droplets uh, on the... Exactly, uh, we have yeah. condensations on, on the modules and also uh, usually on the uh, on the pyranometers and uh, therefore it's necessary to have a special type of uh, pyranometer uh, which uh, provides an, an internal uh, dome heating so that finally the measuring instrument is free of any dew or of any frost, uh, especially in, in the morning or in the evening hours to uh, get some more detailed information about uh, the behavior, uh, possibly about the delayed uh, performance behavior of the utility, and that is uh, one, uh, uh, yeah, one a point that is supplying now uh, our new SMP12 pyranometer. So I would like to add to that. Yeah, of course, sure, Pauline. Yeah. Because uh, it's it's absolutely true what, what Udo said that it was the trigger for us to develop a new uh, pyranometer. But while we were at it, we also added two other features. One is the internal uh, humidity sensor. Um, some of our customers already are aware with the fact that our um, SMP pyranometers 
have all the desiccants inside of uh, the body of the pyranometer. So it remains dry for at least 10 years, the inside of the pyranometer. And that is very useful because otherwise, as a user, you would need to check every six months whether desiccant needs to be renewed. Well, that is no longer the case with our SP line. Uh, so that has been there for some years, but uh, there are always people who are a little bit skeptical and rather measured, just to be certain. And so we said, okay, when we are going to make a new pyranometer, we'll add that. We'll add a sensor that can measure the internal humidity. That's that our user can be reassured, even with its own measurement, that it's still dry inside. That was one thing that we added. And the other thing that we added was a tilt sensor, because it may happen in a park um, that a sensor, uh, like a pyranometer, was uh, initially installed correctly, uh, for example, in the same level, in the same plane of array as, as the um, uh, PV panel. But at some point in time, it starts to uh, change uh, in its tilt. Uh, sometimes this is done on purpose uh, and shouldn't be done. Sometimes it's uh, because of stormy weathers. Now, if at a distance you can check if the tilt of the sensor is still the same as the tilt of the panels, then you are reassured that the information that the sensor is getting uh, on the irradiance that's being received is still the same as the irradiance that is on the panels. So. Next to what Udo explained, at the, the heater dome, there is also now internal humidity sensor and a tilt sensor. So of all these innovations that are included in the SMP12, what were, were the customers asking for most? So what, what was really catching their attention? Tobias, what was your impression there at the booth? Yeah, uh, f funny enough, um, it, it was actually, at least for, for me, with the uh, persons I, I spoke to, uh, we, we spoke most about the tilt angle sensor. That was really a surprise for, for me. Um, as uh, yeah, Pauline just mentioned, uh, sometimes it, it can happen that the tilt um, of the pyranometer can be can differ to the tilt of the the panels, and with that, you uh, no longer have a a, um, a fully accurate measurement of the performance ratio at the end. And what actually uh, many contacts in the industry that I've talked to at the Intersolar uh, reported to me is that they know of situation where parties um, in a uh, solar park, uh, O&M operators, for example, or also investors or EPCs may have an interest to have a better or worse performance ratio and that they um, know of cases where people manipulated uh, the tilt to have better or worse readings of the PR performance ratio calculation at the end. So um, that was for them a, a clear uh, added value in our pyranometer to now have the tilt angle as a measurement and that they can use that, integrate that in their software and their SCADA system and uh, add a, a flag or any sort of alert um, if it is out of the in out of the, the value or not no longer uh, in the same 
angle um, like the panels. And you see that from remote then? Correct. So mm -hmm. far, uh, you always had to do a site visit um, as there is no indication available um, for the tilt and you had to do a site visit to check that. Um, and it also helps for sure with the installation that you can see and adjust the tilt uh, without any extra tool um, so that uh, your pyranometer installation is aligned to the angle of the panel. So that was actually uh, the speaking point where I spent most of the time uh, when talking about the SMP12, which we all haven't, um, haven't thought about before. We thought more about heating being the, the strongest uh, advantage and the strongest argument for the S&P 12. So what, what would you like to add, Pauline and Udo, from your impression? Well, with the heating, uh, I, I assume it also depends on the region. So um, when I spoke with my colleagues in the United States, there uh, is more demand for uh, pyranometers with a heater dome. So it also can depend on uh, the visitors that we have spoken to. Of course, this was an exhibition in Europe. So we have spoken mostly to European uh, customers that although they work worldwide, may not have had that request so often yet. Uh, but the request is there uh, in some regions more than the other. And the difficulty all the time has been that when you start to heat the dome, you actually affect the measurement, or you could affect the measurement, because a pyranometer measurement is based on a temperature difference. Um, and so when you start heating the dome, you could influence in a negative way uh, the accuracy. And that uh, was quite a puzzle for us, how to uh, have a, a heated dome and still an accurate measurement Lab response, and at the same time, we didn't want to add anything that was moving inside the pyranometer because you can imagine if someone is if something is moving, at some point in time it will also break. So uh, we have um, cracked the puzzle, you could say, and we have added that dome heating now in such a way that it uh, is not negatively affecting the measurement. It's still a perfectly flat response. And uh, we have uh, no need to add any moving parts. So uh, it took a while, but we're really proud on the result. Do you think that the attendees were recognizing that? That this, uh, that this is quite an innovation? Or is, is a pyranometer itself something they just, they have to buy it and they don't really care? It depends a little bit on the on the visitor or the customer. Uh, most know that the pyranometer is is a um, differential heat measurement. Yeah. So uh, and so as soon as you start to explain that uh, once you uh, start heating a dome, uh, you could affect the measurement. And this is why for for a long time we have used ventilation units. You could still use ventilation units. Yeah. It's it's the the safest way to, to heat a dome because you're absolutely not uh, influencing the body of the measurement uh, or the, the body of the parameter. So most knew this, um, but uh, when when I explained how it was done and they could see the instrument, um, yeah, they were they were pretty impressed. They they wanted to to have a better look. So yeah, I think uh, it was. Uh, 
finally, yeah, it was uh, a knowledge that this was quite an innovation. So this is something that we uh, were, were really excited to, to bring to the market within the next months, uh, which brings me to the end of this episode. So we are already talking quite a while and we could go on for quite a while too. Um, but Udo, maybe you could wrap this up with a sort of outlook for, so what is now really keeping the industry busy um i mean covid is still uh, still a topic but slowly uh, the world keeps uh, turning again um what is your impression how will the next year look like for the industry yeah, it's it's a bit hard uh, to uh, to predict uh, because uh, during the show it was really hard to to get in contact with uh, other exhibitor uh, exhibitors just due to the high number uh, of uh, attendees. So, uh, but uh, what I heard, for example, from, from module uh, manufacturers, so there are also big uncertainties uh, about um, some uh, national and international uh, restrictions about the situation on the, on the crude materials. So uh, I guess in, in the next months, um, there's uh, still some, some question mark how the, how the market uh, will develop and when we look back on, on the situation that we had this year. And nobody of the stakeholders uh, would have uh, predicted such a big um, growth uh, that we um, had uh, during the last uh, 12 or 18 months. So my feeling is there is still some, some uncertainty and, and it's still uh, hard uh, to plan for, for the next year. But finally, it's uh, everybody's optimistic. And uh, we will have uh, a growth uh, in, in the market. Uh, the, the critical thing is just to, to predict uh, what, the, what the percentage uh, rate uh, will be. Almost everybody uh, on, on the show was quite optimistic for the next uh, year then. I mean, even the Nobel Prize awards uh, show how important or show we underline the importance of renewable energies uh, to fight climate change. So, um, yeah, solar energy will be a growing topic for the next years and even decades. So um, we're coming to an end. Um, is there anything urgent you'd like to add? We are looking forward to the next show, which, which is going to happen um, in, in May. So it's, it's uh, not um, uh, too much time in between, but um, when, um, yeah, when uh, we have a, um, quite, quite as good uh, a number of attendees um, in, in May, then we will be happy and we'll have a, another great show uh, in Munich next year. So see you in Munich. Uh, thank you for attending. Thank you Tobias, Pauline and Udo. You will find the link to the IC and ISO sources and also the case study to the uh, cleaning robots from, from Nomad. Um, thank you very much for joining and have, for this interesting discussion. Um, hear you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's talk about the weather.